0: After combat. All right. This is uh "Advance After Combat" it's a podcast about war games, our uh, experiences war gaming, and basically our opinions about war gaming. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Jason Marshall and myself, Dave, and, and myself. the letter G. Thought you guys want to start off. What do you guys? You guys want to talk about uh, games you've been playing or games, games we bought, uh, game purchased? Uh, the game's purchase first. Marshall, you want
1: to lead off? Absolutely, I do. I, uh, after listening to Advanced After Combat Episode 2... <laughs> that I was decided, a good episode. Oh, yes. I decided to take Jason's advice and uh, purchase The Guns of Gettysburg. I bought it online and it received it in the mail. I uh, sprayed the counters lovingly, applied the stickers to the blocks lovingly, and uh, put some Sally Hansen Ultra Clear nail polish on the blocks and let them dry for two days, and then sat sat down to read the rules. Got to the movement section, and uh, it gave beautiful examples of how picture examples of how much it cost each block to move from area to area, and and you know terrain and all this stuff, but it failed to tell you. How many fucking steps of movement each block had? <laughs> Jason, you care to chime in at this point?
2: Funnily enough, movement steps are not talked about in the movement section, which is section and, 10. It's talked about
1: they...
2: It's talked about in march moves, which is section 12.
1: Mm. So I didn't quite read far enough. You didn't
2: get you didn't get there. The base distance limit for a march move is two steps. In a multi-hour turn, qualifying blocks can march farther.
1: Oh, sounds like you were prepared for this line of question. I was. Um, Beautiful game, beautiful map. I had some issues with it since I am from the area. Uh, One of the roads leading into Gettysburg was the Hagerstown Road, and I've searched my mind and Google maps, and I can find no direct road from Hagerstown to Gettysburg, but I could be wrong. Maybe back then they had a road. Yeah, I think there was. Oh, okay. Of course there was, because you recommended the game. <laughs> so I haven't actually gotten past the movement rules yet, but it's a beautiful game. We'll see how the, ru- the rules are a hot mess. We'll see from there.
2: Yeah, the rules are pretty rough, but I
1: sent you that. Player Aid, right? Yeah, but you got to have printer ink for that. I shouldn't oh. have to pay for a printer cartridge when I paid for the game. That's true.
0: Sounds like, from what some of the stuff I've heard about the game, is this a game based on the Battle of Gettysburg, or is this a simulation of the Battle of Gettysburg? You know?
2: So what's, what's the difference to you?
0: Well, I would say the game based on the Battle of Gettysburg is he wants to create a beautiful game, and the setting for the game is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and the action of the game is loosely based on the battle, as opposed to being a... a uh, a serious simulation of the way that the terrain lies and the way the units performed and you, that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying?
2: So it's, it's a simulation of the situation that the generals were presented with. So the, the, <laughs> it, 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 the, the game's not going to play out like the battle played out. It's no. not going to happen. You, you can set it up to where the units that came on from certain roads come on in a certain order. But they're gonna come on in crazy different times. As it's not, it's not a game set in Gettysburg because it's not much of a game, honestly. Like my what? first, yeah, my first playthrough of it ended around uh, it was probably 1 p.m. on J- July 1st. So that's like six turns into the game because I hadn't had any reinforcements yet. <laughs> Did you just say it's not much of a game? It's not much of a game, but as a simulation of the choices that the generals were presented with, it's excellent.
1: Well, I heard it wasn't because if you want to uh, have certain reinforcements arrive at certain times, then you have to manually set that up. Right, but you have to to supersede the rules, is what I've heard. I think Dave may have been close. I don't. I haven't played it, so I can't it's, say. But
2: it. It's, it's different than anything else I've played, but what it's trying to do is present you with, hey, the, the commanding generals didn't have any idea when their guys were going to show up. They knew approximately where they were coming from, but they didn't know when they were going to get there. So that's, that's the main point of the game is, is getting these guys on.
1: But, but Dave, as a Civil War history buff, I would say expert compared to me anyway. Is Dave going to like this game, or was he right in what he said
0: originally? It, it just sounds to me like the battles, most of the battles aren't going to resemble the actual battle of Gettysburg at all.
2: Not at all, not at all. It's not it's not like some of these other, it's not uh, Terrible Swiss Sword.
0: So it's basically a, a battle using these rules that is set at a lo- the location, of Gettysburg in its vicinity. Right. I mean, but presenting
2: could... you with the similar situation that the generals were there in. It's not, it's right. not a scripted play of,
0: of what happened that, those three so, days. So the battle could be fought at Buford's Ridge instead of like, Oh yeah. It's, know.
2: it's, it's the entire surrounding area. It goes, um, I don't know the geography off the top of my head, but, you know, the whole, the whole battle area is there.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, if you want a Gettysburg game that does that, one's coming out from the Gamers. Yes, uh, it would be the second in the series, the Light that of was, Battle series. Yes, r- which was introduced with None But Heroes: The Battle of Antietam.
2: Is yeah, that... if you're looking for a scripted, this is what happened at this time, then then
0: get that game. I, and I, I just, the... have, I have a, I do have a question because I'm not familiar with the the rules really. How does combat work? Because I know it's diceless, so. How do how do you win a combat in the game? Um,
2: it's actually I can I can go through the whole se- the thing. So, so there's defending artillery support. Uh, there's attacking artillery support, and basically you need three on either side. You need three artillery points, um, which are the tokens that Marshall so lovingly sprayed. Those, so they're not really represented on the map. They're they're tokens that correspond to different units on the map different uh there's like reserve artillery which they all have different situations that they can be used in but so you from, used,
1: go ahead from what i read that's a blind draw right it is, it is
2: um, it is um yeah you draw every turn um so you'll play your artillery and then it's like a a close combat and basically you're trying to wipe out The other person during the artillery phase so that when they get to you they're they're depleted and then it's it's strength against strength whatever's there whoever's strongest wins basically so most units i think all the full strength units are two two strength units um so you're trying to wipe someone out before they before they can get up to you so that you win the combat. But yeah, it's, it's diceless, it's just strength on strength. With the, the randomness comes from the artillery chit draws.
0: Okay, so oh. you're, um, you're pulling blind chits, basically hoping that you reduce the enemy before he gets the
2: No, army. you have a hand of... You, you draw them blindly at the beginning of the turns. Okay. You get one every turn, but you have a hand of these chits, and that's what you're using to, to fight with artillery.
0: So the strategy as the attacker is what you want to burn out to the defender's hand? To use up his hand?
2: Yeah, and, and you want to kind of attack from advantageous positions.
1: Knowing what you know now, would you have kick started it? Me? Yes.
2: Yes. Okay. I really enjoy the game, but I don't need I don't need the the events as they played out. I want to play play out for for myself
0: what happened. I think Jason's just more of he's a quirkier gamer. You like these types of games. I do. I do. It's it's is, completely different
2: than any anything else I've. Played. It's
0: a
1: beautiful game, mounted map, beautiful pieces. There's That's, no question. It's not beautiful.
0: Nice.
1: It's it's a different animal for sure.
0: So if I if I want to fight the battle of Gettysburg the way it was kind of fought historically and see if I can win given what Lee had and what Mead had, this is probably not the game for me. That is not no
2: exactly. That's interesting. So this is more of a. Almost a history game instead of a battle game. Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, because it's it's the historical situation, but it's not the historical battle as it played out.
0: Okay, so you're you're basically put in the position of Lee yep. or, or Meade, me, yeah. and the battle might take place with the Union defending the suburbs of Gettysburg against the Confederates.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: How it sorts out. Yep.
1: So you may have no picket's charge.
2: I yeah, I haven't had any picket's charge in any of the games I've played of it so far.
0: Right. Well, that sounds interesting. I mean, it sounds interesting. It's interesting,
2: interesting, but as a Civil War buff, maybe it's not the game for
0: you. Yeah, I don't know if it's my cup of tea, but I think it sounds like an interesting setup.
1: Well, well I bought it based on your recommendation. I didn't recommend it. oh Hold on. And based on the rave reviews for his there Napoleonic games, yeah. which I'm not a Napoleonics fan, I'm so I'll fan. say that right now. That's all I bought, by the way. That's all I bought. What about you, Dave?
0: Let's see, I bought, this month I bought, uh, okay, I bought 1775 <laughs> $17. $17. by Academy Games. Oh, sweet. Now, Academy Games, I loved 1812 Invasion of Canada. I bought a copy for a good friend of mine. I don't think he still has that copy. Uh, I liked it so much. I, uh, <laughs> I went to, uh, and, and Academy Games is weird because I really like their games, but like their news and update system is horrible. So... Uh, I just visit their website. Their last news posting is like December 2012. So I just said, you have to go through and click on the games. And then suddenly I clicked on 7075 and it said shipping on it. So I'm like, okay. So I ran off to NWS Online and ordered it. Oh, you ran off where? Mm -hmm. NWS Online. $70 retail at Academy Games. from dollars 99 from NWS. Might have to get it. I love 1812. That's I the perfect that's price, price for it, too. Oh, yeah. That's a great price. All the components, high-quality mounted map boards, all the little blocks. 1812. 1812 Invasion of Canada is a great game. 1775 sounds even more fun because I didn't know anything about the war 1812. Yeah. And I still thought that was a fun game. So 1775 should be great. hasn't arrived yet, though.
1: so I'm going to have to pick that up. There's two of those out there, right? Academy Games has one and the uh the other game company has one, which I'm at a loss for right now.
2: No, they're both Academy.
1: No. No. Two 18- no. Revolutionary War ones? No. Eighteen twelve ones, there's two.
0: There's a there's a couple. GMT has a couple, I think, eighteen twelve games.
2: I don't think it's the eighteen twelve game you're talking you're thinking about, Marshall.
1: Oh, uh, something else.
2: It's not it's not amateurs to arms or Mr. Madison's War.
0: Oh, okay,
1: yeah, I'm I'm completely on the wrong Yeah, target. it's
2: kind of almost a Euro game. It's forgive me. I guess not it's, 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 barely, a it's
0: barely a war game. Yeah,
2: it's almost a merit it, uh, it's a
0: great it's, it's, great it's game a great really, really quickly. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a blast.
0: So that's all I bought. So, and I even put that sucker right on the credit card. Nice. Oh, you had to ship right to the house. <laughs> I didn't
1: care. That's bold.
0: Cause everything else I'm just waiting on. I'm sitting, waiting on a bunch of pre-orders, waiting to see what comes in. So what about you, Jason?
2: Yeah, I was waiting on pre-orders too. Um, one of them came in, uh, To the Last Man, which is, it's all of World War I, and it's a, it's a card game. I haven't played it yet. It's interesting, though, in that the units on the map are <clears throat> quote-unquote armies, and then the units comprising those armies are off-map, on like little player aids, so you can pre- can comprise different armies with different number of units, and your opponent doesn't know what's there. Uh, and then the card play, I think, is mostly like events, and uh, you can use it to take attrition losses, I guess. But you can play out, you know, 1914, 1915, or play the whole play the whole war. So it seems seems pretty interesting, and again, kind of quirky, which is what got me interested in it. And I'm hoping to get it to get it played pretty soon here. I also received as a gift um, from Board Game Geek user Aeneas2467. He sent me a "Most Dangerous Time" from Man Publishing. Oh, cool! Uh, which I know Kev Sharp just had he's a <laughs> had a tirade he's about. He's so I'll be curious to see if I can muddle my way through. Um, if he can't figure it out, I don't think I stand any chance. But I'll have fun trying, and also, uh, Celis from Revolution War Games, and it's a it's a Battle of the Bulge game, kind of magazine format, single map, low counter density kind of
1: thing. Did you get those gifts because of your uh, excellent video reviews? That is that is exactly why he sent them to me. No, well, do you pleasant. want do you you want to plug that real quick because they are excellent, by the way.
2: My YouTube channel. Yes, it is the Rocking Horse Dream. Uh, on youtube
0: where does that name
1: come from thank you i was getting ready to answer
2: <laughs> uh it's a i don't, I don't know if it's a if it's a story i need to go into
0: okay how about games we played do you guys marshall you want you want to talk about any games you played this month yeah i played some euro games i don't want to talk about no that's not what i'm talking about i'm sorry marshall you want to talk about any war games you played this month i played no question of surrender oh my gosh let's hear about this uh, you and I
1: played a game, Dave, of No Question of Surrender. It had been a while since I played it. I wasn't a hundred percent clear on the rules at first because it had been so long. Um we played it again. I think that's probably a great system, but I don't like I'm just not a fan of the African campaign. I'm certainly not a fan of the Italians and the French. So it was it was it was enjoyable to play, it just wasn't I don't know what I was looking for, I guess.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, I got to say with no question of surrender, I think this, I love the GTS system. I'm like a huge fan of it. Right. Level combat. Um, But like the choice of setting and the scenario, it's kind of like as the axis, you're attacking a huge fortification and you're getting the shit shot out of you on the way in. And that's not a lot of fun. And so the French, the French are in a fort, with line of sight and they're surrounded by mines protecting them. And they've got all these anti-tank guns. So they're basically just sitting there shooting the shit out of everybody, not doing much else. While I love the system, I think it's a tough. And I think it's a good game because of the small scale. So it's good to learn the game. Yeah, but yeah exactly. I wish they picked something different for the, the setting or the tactical setup. It's It's kind of brutal.
1: I think it's a great game to learn the system. It's not the most glamorous game. I'm not upset I bought it, but I would rather learn that system on another theater. Are they so they
2: have the British Beaches one coming out, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah.
1: they have and then
2: and then the one after that's gonna be Stalingrad, but those are both gonna be huge games. So I it seems like the, the Tinian the Pacific Theater one is going to be pretty small. It's a pretty small island. <clears throat> but then, again, most people aren't going to want to play a Pacific Theater game for the system. So how do they compromise and get a World War, an Eastern Front World War II for for most people to enjoy? Because it seems what, like that's what most people want to play,
0: right? Well, Stalingrad sounds like it's going to be awesome. I would love that. That has to uh, be huge. I want them to, to do a Prokhorovka, like Kursk. Mm-hmm. First SS Panzer Grenadier against the Fifth Guards Tank Army. I mean, that would be awesome. That'd be a great battle to That would be cool. You know, one thing too, you know, Adam went to, Adam Starkweather went to a WBC and he set up British beaches. I mean, I'm dying to to get a hold of that game. And he said he set it up and nobody would even play it with him. That
1: was going to go and like was like the last minute. I was like, you know, I don't feel like driving up there.
0: And I would kill people to play Adam in that game. So I was like really shocked that nobody would sit down and play with him. So.
2: Is it, is it going to be big, like Devil's Cauldron?
0: Yeah, it's. I don't know if it's going to be that big, but it's probably going to be big. Hmm. I mean, basically, the game is set up so that you can run divisions, like a player can run a division or two, and run the companies from that division, so, you know, they're going to tend to be larger, I think. Yeah, definitely.
1: I think it's a genius system. I'm not sure if that system fits
0: that, that game. Does that yeah. make sense? The the, the the things about that system, the GTS system, are great. The command system's awesome. The way uh, command points are used, uh, it's important where your leaders are, what type of chits are pulled. I really liked. And when Marshall and I were playing, by the way, Marshall won the game. I was the Italians. I wasn't gonna mention that. Uh, oh, I was the Italians, like like that. He bla- he blasted me pretty good. Uh, the uh, the one of the cool things about the game is. You know, you, you can figure out all the modifiers for shooting, and it gives you a target number. But in the end, it's the die roll. So you're trying to you're trying to match the target number with your die roll. And the die roll is never actually modified. So what helps is, a lot of times, if you know you have a decent shot, the guy can just roll the dice, roll the ten-sider, and if it's like a zero or a one, you just look it up. You don't even have to figure out all the modifiers. Right. So it saves a lot of time. You know, we'll just be like, just roll it, and let's see what you get, you know. So that really speeds it up, so hopefully... Comes out with some new ones. So, NQS, NQOS, no mm. questions surrender. Not not a huge fan of the game. I think, especially since you're looking at it like a game where here you can learn the game, but yet it's it's kind of a massacre. Maybe not the best learning experience for newbies to get into the game. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, some guy on the BGG thing had a posted a thread that was called "No Question of Attack." <laughs> he was talking about. Because he can.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I mean. I don't know what to say about it I mean i I don't want to down the system because I think it's a great system it's just maybe not the right game the setting was not like the right the theater yeah yeah but I don't want to knock anybody's work I mean somebody you know worked their ass off on that but
2: could Kursk be small enough to to be a learning game Kerm- hmm.
1: yeah
0: uh largest tank battle in the war probably. so so now <laughs> <laughs> probably not <laughs> yeah, at one time that was the largest tank battle ever. So, yeah. yeah. Though, though history has since proven now that the Soviet archives have been uh, uh, declassified that it wasn't quite as large as the Soviets like to claim because they had to kind of justify why they lost so many tanks. So they, the Soviets kind of inflated the numbers. That's always the case, though, isn't it? And the Germans were more than happy to let them inflate it because it made them look better. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, we, so Marshall, you played No Questions Surrender with me. Did you play anybody else? Any Hammer of the Scots action? No, we never got around to that. Hmm. What, what's going on with that? I thought yeah, that was
2: What's going on to... with that?
1: I was under the impression somebody had to work late.
2: No, you went to bed.
1: <laughs> I went to bed. <laughs> well, that may be the case, but I thought you had to work late. We're going to get into that. Prob- I would say by the next uh, episode four, we'll definitely have played that.
0: I hope so. And, and for listeners who don't know, just getting Marshall on Vassal has been like a tremendous achievement of this podcast. Yeah, i done good. Uh,
1: and it's
2: been pretty steady. I mean, you guys have been playing a lot.
0: If this podcast achieves nothing during its existence, <laughs> it can at least <laughs> lead to that. Effect.
2: That's enough.
1: Yeah, I got on
0: Vassal. I don't know how to do it, but I got on it. So what about you? So is that it for you, Marshall? Is that the only war game you played?
1: That is correct. Jason? I, re- I read rules to some stuff, but I guess that doesn't count. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> I guess I guess well, real quick, and then I'll be done. Um, yeah. We we have agreed to play, uh, as far as I know, we've agreed to play um, a victory lost. So we'll be playing that this month before our next podcast. So you yeah, guys.
0: you know, like we we I wanted to mention we've got a guild for the podcast on BGG. So sometimes if you want us to talk about a particular thing or you want to comment on something we talked about. That's a, a great place. We monitor We get in there. We 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 do a lot of the talking on it, and uh, so that's a great way to get in touch with us. And also, we'll post like when we're going up on Vassal. So people, we do do that. People should feel free to just come on in and check the server and try to bump in and, and talk some shit with us. So you can talk to me while Marshall goes and takes smoke breaks.
1: <laughs> now I'm smoking in the room. Don't tell anybody. But I do need a beer. All right, you can, you can do that while I talk about what I played. It's probably boring anyway. If it's anything like your last episode probably. recommendation.
2: <laughs> well, I did play. I did play more Guns of Gettysburg. Uh, oh, you might
1: stay for this.
2: Well, I I don't know. That there's much to talk about. We're I don't know. I guess a quarter of the way through through the game playing with uh, Jim B from Board Game Geek
1: on on Vassal.
2: Yep. Yep. Play by email. Uh, played a play by email game of. Tied at Sunrise, which is one of the international game series games. Uh, played D-Day at Omaha Beach, solitaire game. Played Conflict of Heroes face-to-face with a buddy of mine. Um, oh! It was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it.
0: Good.
2: Yeah, it, having not, I mean, us playing, um, which also that we played was the Great Battles of History game, um, Chariots of Fire. It was interesting how closely those two coincided because I hadn't really played a tactical game like that. And it's definitely a different way of thinking. And with Conflict of Heroes, we played it it's we played with the second edition chits, I guess, but the first edition cards. So I don't know that the card if the cards change a little um, cuz the first edition cards are a little bland. Um but it was fun. I I lost uh playing well, as
0: the Germans. What Firefight did you guys play? It was
2: Firefight 2. I played as the Germans, kind of trying to pass through the board. Uh, It was was fun, though. I think we're planning on playing again.
0: So uh, how come you guys played with the first edition cards?
2: Because that's what he has. So he had the first edition of Awakening the Bear, and then he got the Polish game, and then he got something else that had the second edition chits included if you bought it and owned the first edition of the game somehow. I don't know. But he has everything. Conflict the, of Heroes. The,
0: the Polish, the Polish game came with the second edition chits for maybe that's what uh, it was.
2: Yeah, and then he has some something else,
0: and then the Marsh expansion. Yeah, that's a waste of time. I think
2: <laughs> it's just more maps. I mean, it's two huge boxes full of stuff that he has.
0: So, so, so you guys played second edition rules? Yeah, yeah. Where like you you do an action, then he does, I and mean, then you you guys both have active units.
2: Yeah, and it, with group
0: activation and all that stuff. Yeah, I so think the, the, I think the second edition cards make a difference too.
2: It's it seems like they would, even just the way they're structured, because these were just like I think I saw three different types of cards in in the eight or ten that I that I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like rally unit for free or free activation yeah. or roll
0: roll for more CPs or whatever. Well, the, those cards those cards still is, are in the game, so maybe it's not. Uh, that's why guys always ask me like, hey, what's the upgrade or what. It's so confusing. I just say, go buy the new one. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's um, always a safe bet, anyway.
0: I mean, again, it's you can get it for like $39, 40 bucks. So with all that stuff, that awesome stuff in there, just buy the new edition.
2: Yeah, so. definitely.
1: But but it does. I've heard it. It does feel like a miniature's game.
0: Okay, we're going to talk about this, but I don't want to. I don't want to step on Jason's. Well, the, oh, I'm sorry.
2: The last thing is is Tompkin, which I'll talk about in the in the main section of the, the show.
0: Okay, sponsor. Well, I want to talk about conflict of heroes. And Marshall had mentioned that uh, this game is like a plays like a miniatures game, and I don't even understand what that really means. I've,
1: I've heard that also. I haven't played a miniatures game, so I don't I don't know what that means. What, what, I think what, it all has to do with the facing. You you've got and the at least in the first version, which the only version I played, you had an arrow showing you which way you were facing. That's true but ASL facing counts Um, for tanks. And that's a
0: tanks alone, which makes sense.
2: hmm.
1: So
0: it doesn't doesn't. count for infantry. No, it does not. Oh, I thought as far as I know, (laughs) so, so for units getting shot in the rear, that doesn't matter. No, it does not. Okay. So if an enemy's behind like a German units behind an American unit, shooting at it from the rear, that has no impact on the target. As far as I know, it doesn't. Okay. (laughs) Uh, uh infantry unit, right? I mean, basically, I, I I read some of the stuff that Kev Sharp had asked about when he did his kind of review on our last podcast, and I also had uh, had thought about what you were talking about with the miniatures game, and uh, so I kind of went through some of the tutorials on ASL because I've never played ASL. I played Squad Leader, never played ASL, and obviously ASL is a lot more complicated than the old Squad Leader game. And uh, kind of one of the things I realized was, you know, Conflict of Heroes uh, makes, it has a narrative, it creates a narrative, and so does ASL. But the difference is, it seems to me, like, ASL gives you a lot of more detailed decisions to get to that narrative. You know, it's got, like, all these different phases. It's got, like, residual firepower, where if a unit shoots at a hex, and then another unit later on tries to run through that hex... It can also get hit by some of the stray bullets. That's correct. Yeah, weapons can break down. Like your weapon can break, your machine gun can break, and you got to try to repair it. Uh, you've got rate of fire on machine guns that you have to keep track of. So, all that stuff that ASL does, you know, Conflicts of Heroes kind of does the same thing, but it's not. It's all just abstracted, you know. As far as uh, you can make somebody's tank bog down. With a card, but you don't have to roll for your own tanks to see if they bog down. So, I, I, I think. I, I'm, okay, I, I'm
1: gonna say this, and I am not the world's greatest AXL expert. I am very new, but experienced. From what I've seen, the only thing that is abstracted is snipers and wind. So far,
0: that statement alone is <laughs> <that's> exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. So, so wind is abstracted. You have to roll for it, just like
1: you have to roll for snipers. But yes. you've got a chit that tells you, like if you, you know, you have to roll two die for, like for a sniper, you have to roll. You, it's. I mean, the narrative. I see what you're saying. I did not feel the narrative nearly as strong with um, Awakening the Bear, nearly as strong. As I did with ASL. I mean, if you cut a fart, you probably have to roll for it. I just haven't got to it in the (laughs) rules yet. Right. I I I guess what I'm saying
0: is, conflict of heroes doesn't care which way the wind is blowing. The guys are just fighting. It's about the squads. Uh, So I think I think, and again, I'm not hating on ASL. It's really popular. I haven't played it, so I'm not going to criticize it. Um, and And a lot of guys like it, but it seems like. If you like conflict, you'll like conflict of heroes. If you're more interested in the results, you're more a result-oriented person, and you'll like ASL more if you're a process-oriented person. Like, if you're interested in how you get to the results in detail, then ASL is probably more the game for you.
1: Well, I'm a lazy gamer, obviously, but. The narrative that ASL creates... I mean, I can remember... We were fighting a battle... Uh, I believe it was in Stalingrad... Joe and I, W and I were... And he was trying to run into the building... As the Germans... That I occupied as the Russians... He had a satchel charge... I shot his guy... I'm sorry... He tried to throw the satchel charge... Didn't throw. Wasn't able to throw it into the building... I subsequently shot his guy... Who dropped the satchel charge. Then I had to run out, avoid fire, and then roll to see if I could pick up the satchel charge. Does that make sense? Like, I could see it there in the dank, dark buildings, trying to pick up the satchel charge. Can I find it? Can I pick it up? That's not even counting activating or throwing or exploding the satchel charge. I mean, it's just so in-depth. I'm too lazy to be the guy to run the show. But I'm competent enough to be the guy to at least try to fight you good enough. And when they say that it's either ASL or nothing, that is true. I mean, it's it's either ASL or nothing. I mean, it's and I'm not bound at the altar ASL. I'm just saying you play ASL or you play nothing because you could never possibly remember all that shit.
0: Oh, so you're saying like to become an expert at the rules, you basically have to devote yourself to it.
1: Yeah, you're you're ASL
0: or you're nothing. That, I mean,
1: you're either gonna play ASL or you're gonna play war game.
0: <laughs> As the way I see it, I mean, you just don't have the brain capacity to absorb all the rules.
1: So just Jesus Christ, I mean, just a, just just the shit for ASL. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious? Like I said, now, granted, I have not even touched guns. I have not even touched tanks. But just to shit for infantry, it's like seriously. Well, yeah. you know, like Seriously, and the, and I want to speak a moment about the starter kits, which I played first on my own before I had an ASL expert like guiding me. Th- and that's what you need is a guide. They cram a hundred pages of shit into twelve in the starter kits. You, you, starter kits, starter kits don't tell you shit, and they might be great. I mean, I guess it's like you know, candy for a pedophile, but whatever, it doesn't... Does that make sense? It's just not... I mean, yeah, here here, kind of it is, but no, I mean, you, you, that shit from the starter kit, I mean, they just, they've packed 12 pages into 12 pages nothing, basically. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't even begin to fucking explain it.
0: Well, and that's, I guess that's part of the problem for me, like, with Conflict of Heroes, you play a scenario with the infantry... And then you just grab the gun counters and put them in. And then you just grab, oh, here's some more tanks. Let's put them in. And they all fit in. There's not like 40 pages or 30 pages of special rules.
2: That's yeah, a paragraph.
0: For acquiring targets or breakdowns or, you yeah, know, as, I, like that.
1: as I recall Conflict of Heroes, it was nice. It was concise. It was easy. You could pick up and play Conflict of Heroes. Chances are... I, I know for a fact you can't play regular ASL without having at least somebody with a little bit of fucking knowledge. And the okay. start, the starter kit... the Conflict of Heroes is much easier to pick up and play for a novice than ASL starter kit. Just the starter kit.
0: So here, here's, here's one of my questions for you, though. Okay. So, like, comparing it to miniatures. Like, if you're going to say Conflict of Heroes plays like a miniatures game... Um, I would actually, I do have a lot of familiarity with miniatures because I was a miniatures gamer before I got into board games. And the biggest difference I'd say between miniature tactical war games and board game tactical war games is board game tactical war games don't seem to care at all about platoon command structure, company command structures. There's no platoon leaders, there's no platoon sergeants. There's, it's basically like a scenario it's like 15 squads, three tanks, and a couple leaders, right? Right. So they spend all this time on all this detail with equipment and how many smoke grenades the guys have or whether this gun breaks down or how much firepower is coming through when it seems like they're completely neglecting the command structure of an infantry platoon or an infantry company commander. I mean, like, I mean, Jason, you were in the army. You could maybe back me up. It seems like. A leader couldn't just run over and say, "Hey, you three squads, come with me. We're going to run." Right. On this Hill. Yeah. Squads would be like, "What are you talking about? We got to go talk to our platoon leader. We're not going to. We have a mission. Our platoon has right. a mission, right?" Definitely. Because in, if you look at these, and Conflict of Heroes is the same thing. It's abstracted. I mean, basically, you, you're given a bunch of squads and some tanks, and then they say, "Hey, you go fight these guys." But the truth is, these units fight as platoons in miniature war game at the tactical level, it's always very important where the platoon leader is, where the squad leader is, where the company commander is. And it seems like like in ASL, the leaders are just like random guys.
2: They don't have a like, command radius or anything?
0: No, there's like a captain, there might be a sergeant. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, if you if you want to project fields of fire and you have squads adjacent in the hex, each squad has to have a leader stacked with him. To project field of fire. It's but, much more microscopic. I mean, you're but, dealing with, with portage points like you can... Your guy can't carry this grenade because... I get
0: that. He's Marshall, I get that part, but my question is this. So you've got a scenario with like 15 squads or maybe 12 squads. That's like right. a... It's like a com- that's like a company. Uh, and you might get like two or three NCOs and maybe an officer as leaders. But, but you've got 12 squad leaders three or four platoon sergeants, three or four platoon leaders, probably a company commander and a company first sergeant that aren't even on the table.
1: Correct. I, I mean, I haven't gotten that far in the rules, but what I've seen so far, that, that doesn't matter. It's all about the squads.
0: So, I mean, that's that's one of the weird things, I think, about the game. And, and Conflict of Heroes is the same thing. Conflict of Heroes, yeah, you can do group moves, but basically you can piece together any squads or tanks you want, and yeah. they just go together. And then the different group can go together. And really, that's not, you couldn't just run over and grab a tank <laughs> from another platoon and say, hey, go with us to attack this. I mean, maybe it happens sometimes, but generally the units fight as platoons. And, uh, I think it's weird that a game like ASL, especially that's so detailed when it comes to equipment and all this stuff, kind of ignores the chain of command. Now they do rally guys and I guess leaders, uh, Can rally units or improve fire chances or movement? Correct. Okay. But you're looking at 24 pages of
1: rules versus 324 pages of rules. As far as if we had chain of command? No, I'm just talking about your dedication to the game.
0: Right, but what I think is interesting is it's not just ASL, it's a lot of these tactical war war games. Uh, Panzer Grenadier, I think, was similar where leaders weren't necessarily associated with squads and platoons, they were just leaders. Uh, and they could lead anybody, and it seems like that that that's kind of a strange way to do it. When uh, as board games get at higher levels, like brigade games, and then you see command radius. You know, like in 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 uh, GTS, we have commanders who have command radius. You got to be within range of your commander. You can't do certain things. And as the games get higher level, but it seems like at the tactical level with World War Two, designers have kind of said, "Yeah, it doesn't really matter where your platoon leader is or your squad leader." There's especially in ASL. I'm just, I'm just, I don't understand what the like three or four leaders that they choose to represent what those guys mean to the units. Are they exceptional hero type guys that are good at their job?
1: You can become an exceptional hero type guy. You can go berserk under uh, shell shock. If right. you want to run in, if you want to be there, if you want to run into the Red October factory. Right. And you want to place a satchel charge. Right. And you want to be there, you can do it, NASA. It's not about necessarily command structure, it's about getting it's about in. The squad. And Right. It's about it's about the squad, How's your squad?
0: What, what, what does the leader do for you in ASL?
1: Well, you said what the leader does it gives you those things you know rally attempts, stuff like that you know it, beca- it the leaders can become broken too. I'm not familiar enough with ASL to really be talking this, but I know for a fact I've played both games and if you want a detailed microscopic look at a squad level battle, that's why I don't even see where... You, I, I can't even fathom where you're comparing the two. There's 20...
0: You know what I mean? I just can't even fathom it. I'm, I'm actually not comparing Conflict of Heroes with, with ASL. My point is more... ASL is a game that spends so much detail on one aspect of the combat and completely ignores another aspect of it. If 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 you played ASL and you thought the military worked the way ASL does... You would assume that a typical company had like three sergeants and like a lieutenant that that's, ran.
2: That's all you need
0: really. And then the squads all run around and they can be grouped together. You can have eight squads attack together or maybe two. And, and I don't think, know if the military really worked that way. Um, but I, and I kind of looked at it and said, okay, maybe like some of the squad leaders are built into the squads and maybe the leaders that are represented an ASL are like exceptional guys. like, Guys who are particularly good at their jobs.
1: Some are, some aren't.
0: Right. Well, that's the problem. Some of them are bad at their jobs, right? mm mm-hmm. Like if you're Italians, I guess, or whoever, you have you amount of bad leaders. And then they can all, but then they can also carry weapons. Can a Can a leader carry like a machine gun?
1: I, I don't think so. But I can't answer that 100 percent certain. Maybe
0: somewhere <laughs> down the line. Because I thought they gave him some extra like portage capacity, where a leader could carry some weapon for the squad. <sighs> I'm
2: not sure. Maybe it's the I, the leader's retinue.
0: Yeah, it was weird. Like, he's super strong or something? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think ASL's a lifestyle. And I'm not not—I'm obviously not there because I play other war games. But playing with someone that knows the rules, that knows what's going on, it's like, oh, my God, you you can do anything in this game if you want to. And I yep. wonder if maybe if you get farther in, if that stuff is in there. And it may be. I can't answer
0: that, and I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your ass and lie to you. I have no I think, idea. I think I think both of the games create an interesting story, like you know, like a narrative. You have it's a they're not. I don't know if they're realistic depictions of how a uh, tactical battle would go in World War II. Yeah, I mean, definitely. basically, you're looking at a board like any game. You see where all the enemy is. You know where your stacks are. You know, you basically can move all your guys the same way that you want them to, as long as they don't fail some kind of morale check or something. And it's not like, what the hell is Sergeant Brown doing over in that building when I told him to be in that building? You know, that that doesn't happen in these games. The guys pretty much go where you tell them to go. And uh, the truth is, all this combat would be really confusing and loud, and guys wouldn't be able to do whatever you wanted to do. So ASL seems to me to model a lot of detail, but a lot of detail based on the shooting, the equipment, maybe the morale of guys routing, but it doesn't seem to. There's no real command friction. There's no not a lot of confusion with the command system. And and the the reason why I think it's not as realistic is, you know, you might have a unit maybe that's on defense, and one squad comes out in the open from the enemy, and the squad leader is like, "Don't shoot at those guys," and then another squad crosses, and he's like, "Don't shoot at those guys." And the third squad comes. and He's like, shoot at those guys. They've got the demolition charge <laughs> that we know they have, right? Yeah. When did you shoot the guy with the demolition charge? <laughs>
1: well, if, if you know, there's a lot of question mark markers in ASL. I'm, I mean, I mean, I'm not familiar enough with it to defend it, but I've played it enough with someone that is familiar enough to like be like, it's the, twenty years from now. Tell me if everybody's still playing Awakening the Bear. You know what I mean? Awake the Bear is much cheaper. We, well, I'll give you that. You see what I'm saying? I mean, obviously there's something there
0: or everybody wouldn't be playing it. No, I, 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 I'm saying I know it's fun. But I think if people are going to say it's it's better because it's more realistic, I don't think that's true. I I've think never it,
1: played a game before where, like, you have to prime the demolition charge. But right. uh, Do I get to throw it? I don't fucking know. i got to roll for that. You see what I'm saying? Does it hit? I don't know. i got to roll for that.
0: No, I mean I'm just saying. I think it t- it tells a story. There's a World <laughs> War II story that plays out, and there's a lot of steps to get to the end of that story. Um, am I in my whatever the assault phase or the movement phase or the prep fire or whatever I'm doing? Uh, and it, you tell a story with the game, I and mean, I think.
2: And that's detail. I don't know that that is more realistic. It is
1: when you're playing it. I'm telling you right now.
2: So when you're in the midst of it. The the tension is,
1: is real. Well you can see it play out in your mind. Right. Oh, that motherfucker there didn't didn't he dropped his fucking charge. He got shot. Fuck. I was gonna I was gonna throw that charge in there and blow up a squat. Oh no you're not, because it didn't fucking happen. Right. I'm not gonna sit here and carry it's water. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's it's But it's expensive as shit. I can go buy conflict of yours for how much, Dave? Probably forty bucks. Forty bucks, or I can buy ASL for fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah,
0: I guess for me, it's the deal is I get the same pleasure, I get the same narrative from Conflict of Heroes. I don't care about all the little decisions. But you never played. It. How can you say that? I, because I'm really not interested. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to learn all those rules when the result is the same. Guy runs across the street, gets shot before he can get to get to my machine gun nest to close assault me. I don't. I don't care if he picks it up or has to prime it, or if U.S. squads rally quicker than I, I'm just not. I guess the level of detail for me is not as important.
1: That's, that's an interesting topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was interesting. And I just want because I've always thought it was weird in ASL that they spend all this time on one part of, of the, the battle, and yet, like, the command structure's not there. And hey, Conflict of Heroes doesn't do it either. It's an abstract.
2: And I think to some degree, you have to pick your poison. They can't get all that weapons detail in there and command structure. I think command structure is going to come from more of an operational game or a strategic
0: game, maybe. Yeah, I think ASL's... If you're into like knowing the rate of fire, knowing that this gun shoots better or this type of tank is this type of armor, and you're into that crunchy stuff, ASL's definitely uh, for you. Or like whether you guys can whether Americans carried more smoke grenades than Germans, or I think it's definitely going to be cool. And and like Marshall said, I mean, there's a lot of detail going on, but, and it takes you through the story step by step, as opposed to other games that kind of it's like I'm getting from one hill to another. Conflict of Heroes takes you on the road. ASL takes you down through the valley <laughs> right. can you, into the you brambles.
2: Have,
0: you have to peek your head up, and there's a, and
1: you can go through a building or around a building. You're comparing Yahtzee to Mousetrap, Dave. That's what you're doing. <laughs> well, well, I
0: just Dave. thought it was a good... I, I want to bring it up because I thought about it, and Kev Sharp on uh, the big board had mentioned it, and it did get me thinking about the whole miniatures comparison. Because when you ask me if COH is like miniatures, I think it's nothing like miniatures because miniature games are very command and control devoted. And and it's weird that the tactical World War II board games, a lot of them, just don't care
2: so, and I think I think we've talked about it before, but from what I've read, the only board game that really illustrates that in a succinct and true manner is Fields of Fire. Everything okay. I've read about it says oh, that command structures.
0: Everything
1: structure is you've there. read about it. Did you read the rules?
2: No. Nope.
1: Okay, there we go. Yeah.
2: But I guess once you get past that, the command structure is there.
1: It must be fucking fabulous, but you have to get past the rules, correct? Yep. Do you have that game, Jason?
2: I don't, but I have the uh, second edition pre-ordered. And, the, pre-order. and the, kills
1: the fire Pre-order. I got uh, a- um, it. I heard they... Did they rewrite the rules for the second edition? Yep. I heard they did.
0: I hope they did. I'll just wait for the ASL hate mail to start rolling in.
1: Here's what pisses me off. I'm not an expert on ASL, and I'm not an expert on Conflict of Heroes. But I've got the rule books to both in my basement, and I know which one's a lot fucking big.
0: Well, that's my point, though. For me to have fun with the action, I don't need a lot of rules.
1: I think you would love ASL if you had somebody that could teach you ASL.
0: No, Marshall, I agree, but you know what? Uh, There's so many other games I want to play that it's just too much. You know, at some point, at some point, you're like, I don't want, I don't need that level of detail.
1: But how much does the money factor come into play?
0: No, nah, it doesn't. It doesn't
1: bother
0: believe oh, do that I don't
1: believe. Do
2: so, hey, speaking I, of games, you'd rather play?
0: Are we? Are we back on? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was going to say something real bad, but <laughs> <laughs> I that. I'm glad I asked.
1: Now you may be rich. That's all I'm saying. But I'm saying I can buy Conflict of Heroes for forty dollars, fifty dollars. ASL—that's a not only a huge money investment; it's a huge time investment. And then you don't know what the fuck you're doing unless you have somebody there to hold your hand for it and I'm not saying that to be better than anybody because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing I'm not familiar enough with that game to, to speak
0: logically
1: and intelligently on it
0: yeah I don't find that a real compelling argument for it as well.
1: thank you it's <laughs> not because you you literally can't play anything else I, that I can I, I mean I don't think you I don't see where you can't what are you drinking, okay. Marshall?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit about some of the games I played. This Wait,
2: month.
1: I want I want to know what Marshall's drinking. Miller oh. Lite. Course, I got a kid in college.
0: <laughs> what about you, Dave? Guinness Extra Stout. Nice. Oh, uh, must be nice to be rich. I think you might be richer than me. Jason, what do you drink?
2: Uh, whiskey and lime. Oh, nice. What kind, what kind of whiskey? It's uh some Kentucky bourbon I picked up at the grocery store.
0: Ah, the grocery store, you know that shit's good. They sell liquor in the grocery stores there? Well, yeah. <laughs> no, that must be nice. Marshall in California, they sell, sell liquor at the pharmacy.
2: Yeah, what? here, too, at all hours of the day.
0: Damn. How about on Sundays? Sundays? Yep. CVS <laughs> Pharmacy has the cheapest liquor prices out of all the places out here. Damn, maybe I need
1: to think about moving. Mm-hmm. How much is Miller Lite out there? I'm just asking. I don't know. Is it fourteen for a twelve
2: pack?
0: Oh, I think it's cheaper than that, probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't buy it, so I don't know. I All can right. get could get a fifth of Bushmill's whiskey out here for about sixteen ninety nine a bottle. I can
1: get it for fifteen ninety nine a bottle here. <laughs> Alright, Boogie Knights. How much do you bench press, Marshall? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you bench press, Dave?
0: <laughs> Say it first. Two <laughs> no.
1: no. Dave,
0: twenty five. I bench two twenty Really?
1: Alright, what, 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 what are we going to do, Dave? What have you been
0: playing? Can I talk about the games I played, Marshall? Please Absolutely. do. What the fuck's that supposed to mean? Well, I played Conflict of Heroes. <laughs> 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 I, I kind of played my ass off this month. I had a very good uh, month of playing. So I played a Conflict of Heroes first scenario. My buddy Greg came over. We played face to face, which is always cool. And. Uh, We played uh, one of the firefights, which is where I had the KV2 and he's trying to kind of outmaneuver me. And I've got a bunch of squads supporting it. And uh, basically, long and the short of it is I killed his pioneer squad, but he managed to put some smoke down and then unload his 88 right in front of my KV2 when it rolled out and then blasted it point blank and killed it with his 88. So.
1: Did Did he do that via card
0: play? He did that via card play. So one of the interesting things about Conflict of Heroes is it uses cards. Uh, to supplement the actions, which gives a little bit of a surprise to the players. You never really know what kind of uh, cards your your opponent has in his hand. A card might give you like a double action, or it might allow you to move extra hexes or get extra command points. So uh, a tip from Dave, if you're playing Conflict of Heroes in your next game, Marshall, uh, is always keep a card in your hand, because while you have a card in your hand, your opponent can never trust that you can't pull something off. So, the uh, the second game we played of Conflict of the Heroes was Red Ice, which is kind of a cool scenario because it's uh, once the winter set in in '41, and the Germans have kind of settled. The German platoon has settled down in a little village, and is just trying to hold up and pray that the Soviets don't find them. But they get found by an NKVD platoon and an infantry platoon, and so the platoons kind of are approaching from two directions, and the Germans are set up in a little perimeter in the village. And, uh, again, with, with a lucky card play, I was able to do a, uh, what's called swift action, which means you can do two actions in a row. And then I had my first action I played was rapid deployment. So there was a little heavy woods on the edge of the, the Germans perimeter that they couldn't really guard without stretching themselves too thin. Rapid deployment allowed me to jump two hexes through those woods and then be right on top of the, a German LMG squad that was sheltering in a house. And then my guys just completely waxed them in close combat. So the narrative is, as they were approaching through the thick snow, a friendly peasant from the village showed the Soviets <laughs> the path through the woods. And then the it- Soviets were able to use that path to surprise the Germans who were sleeping, lulled into a false sense of security. That's rule
2: yeah, 101.3.b
0: yeah, did
1: the card say
0: that, or did you make? That no, wrong? in ASL, in ASL, you probably couldn't do that till skirmish set two, but whatever. <laughs> the final prep fire phase. But, but so, and and it it points out one of the cool things about Conflict of Heroes: Awakening the Bear, where uh, they the rifle squads for the Germans are actually divided into two units. You have an LMG team that's really great at shooting but is poor in close combat it's reduced in close combat and then they have a rifle squad that sucks at shooting not as good but it's 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 much more effective in close combat so it reflects like basically two fire teams from a squad so i was able to capture that building and then later on using another rapid deployment card the platoon that had sheltered behind the woods was able to jump into the woods and surprise the Germans and be on the edge and then I was shooting into the village. I managed to eventually win just by getting some lucky rolls and doing some group fires. So it was cool, though. We managed to use a lot of the different rules. Is that it Firefight 2? Was- it's Firefight 5, I think. Oh, okay. nice. And it's got special rules for the snow. The, the infantry movement's reduced in the snow. So the Germans were kind of uh, lulled into a false sense of security by the snow. So when I played the rapid deployment card, it basically says you can move two hexes. Hmm. So I could jump through those areas using my secret path that we found. And um, <laughs> <laughs> when, the Germans tried to, when the Germans tried to redeploy to meet this new threat of the Soviet platoon coming through, then they had to deal with the snow. And it was harder for them to move from building to building because the snow was slowing them down. And it's also at night. So line of sight is reduced to like five hexes or something. So it's kind of cool. It's like a nighttime winter attack.
2: Are you planning on getting more games in the the Conflict of Heroes series?
0: Oh yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm wait I'm waiting for uh I, I have Storms of Steel, but the problem is on the this the second edition they upgraded all the maps with new art and so the maps don't look quite as good with the other maps.
2: So you're gonna rebuy it.
0: Since, since I'm such a component whore, yes, if they came uh-huh. out with a new map version, I would buy it. But
2: I can't say anything against that.
0: And it's uh it's gorgeous. I mean it's beautiful. So so that was my Conflict of Heroes game. I played a little Vietnam uh, with Billy Boy. I think I'm losing that game, but it's 1966. At this rate, I think we're actually playing the Vietnam War in real time. Yeah. I think we're going to be done in, like, it'll be 1975, probably in 2023. Uh, and then I'm playing Jason, Vassal, and Chariots of Fire, hmm. a GMT game, Great Battles of History. And, uh, we probably
2: I, have about one more session of that, right? I think I'm about
0: ready to surrender in that game. I think Jason is soundly beating my ass in that game. And uh, so that's it. That's what I played. Excellent. I, I, I do have uh, one thing, too, I want to talk about, though, along that Adam Starkweather thing. Uh, so Adam Starkweather's at WBC. He's presenting GTS British Beaches.
1: God. and I didn't go. I was like, yeah, I'm on the fence. He'd all right, there. correspondent,
2: our East Coast correspondent.
1: Yeah, I was right. There. I was three hours away,
0: and like, yeah, well, I don't feel like going. He's sitting there waiting for Marshall. Right. <laughs> there, pushed out, and no one played with him. So God, okay. I would
1: have played all day Saturday. I'm like kicking myself now.
0: Yeah, I would have poisoned somebody to play in that game. So I think that's kind of. But I wanted to talk a little bit about GTS, uh, Grand Tactical Series. Uh, I had some tips. I don't know if we want to talk about some reviews of games or if you guys want want me to talk about some of my, my tips for GTS or I had some other topics we could talk about. It's up to you guys. I don't know what you want to do.
2: Yeah, whatever yeah. order. I <clears throat> All I really, my main thing to bring is uh, I wanted to talk about Tonkin for a little bit. We yeah, have well, plenty of time.
0: Because I've already been talking for too long.
2: So I played a couple scenarios of Tonkin, it is uh, Legion War Games. Uh, the designers, Kim Kanger, it was originally released in 2006, I guess, uh, but the Legion edition came out in 2011. Uh, this is one of the games I picked up in my my huge haul from Constant World. Uh, I talked to the owner of Legion there, Randy something or other. Um, so anyway, this game is the first Indochina War. So it's 1950 to 1954, and it's basically the... Vietnamese communists trying to f- kick the French out of Vietnam. Uh, it's the the scale is, I guess it's battalions or regiments, and th- this is kind of always my question. I know tactical games and I know strategic games. I'm guessing there's there's supply involved and it's mostly focused around battles. So I would assume this is an operational game. Is that is that correct? Uh, is there a line of sight? Uh no, you can only attack adjacent.
0: And, and sorry, what's what's the unit scale?
2: They're battalions and regiments.
0: It's like grand operational, probably. Yeah. I think they yeah.
2: Turns it. are. I guess turns are a month. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, the the it it plays, I guess, pretty tactically. Um, the so the turn structure is there's reinforcement movement attrition, uh, which is interesting because the the attrition from supply doesn't happen in the supply phase. It happens on the next turn after movement. So you kind of get a chance to get back in supply before attrition hits. Uh, And then there's operations, which go back and forth. Uh, Another interesting thing there is you have to spend supply to take certain operations. Um, And it's not it's not like GTS where you spend a supply or not a supply point, but like a CP to do something you spend at the beginning, you spend a supply to enable your entire operations phase to do more things. Um, So it does kind of bring some of that supply in, in into effect there and the extra things you get to do by spending that supply have to be within range of that supply. So during operations, it's, Typical stuff: movement, overrun, uh, combat. You can entrench, which I didn't end up doing a lot of. Uh, you can barrage and destroy roads, which also the scenarios I played were pretty small, so I didn't end up destroying roads. But but it is uh, it is an option. And then supply. Uh, so each turn took about an hour, and both scenarios I real time hour. Yeah. Yeah, so the hour is I mean the the turn is depicting a month, but it takes about an hour to play. And most or the the two scenarios I played are 3 hour or 3 turn scenarios. Um I guess it's like the I think it's scenario 5, the DNBN scenario is uh 6 turns. So it it can get a little bit longer but still not still not huge. So just a couple of things, my thoughts about the game. As an exercise, it was really interesting because the two sides, although they're doing the same things in similar ways, they act pretty differently. The French uh, are definitely hampered. They're not hampered. They're just not as effective at. Their let me say this: their combat values are a lot lower, and their movement isn't as much as the Vietnamese. Really, the French.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I thought these are like French Foreign Legion like modern troops.
2: Right, so so here's where that comes into play. Their combat factors are lower, but their the the stacking limits in the game come from something on the counter called weight. Okay. So kind of like the Arvin in Vietnam, the Viet Minh units are all fat. Oh, they're bigger. They're yeah. So they're bigger units, they're three weight counters, whereas the French are all one. So you can have a bigger French stack fighting a, a more effective Viet Minh unit, if that, if that makes sense. So you could potentially have, I think, th- the the stacking limit's 14, and supply and headquarters, they all count as one. But so you could potentially have 12 French units against three Viet Minh units.
0: Can the French win?
2: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um the intro scenario, I think the French definitely did better than the Viet Minh. Uh, early on, in some of the kind of ambushy type scenarios, the, the Viet Minh do better. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the Viet Minh kind of very similar to the Arvin or big, just big dumb units. Uh, the supply is very important, which again makes sense. The supplied dumps kind of end up coming into like Hanoi and some of the bigger the bigger cities and also, which makes sense the Viet Minh supply dumps can move around, they have six movement whereas the French are stationary so you have to fly them into airfields and then they're stuck
0: there uh, so like D&D Phu basically they're all stuck in right, they,
2: they're, it. the supply is where the supply is they have trouble getting it around the country the <laughs> I don't know Dave that you would like it the, the map is kind of odd-looking. Uh, it's very garish. Like the, are the
0: French purple or, like, orange?
2: <laughs> they're blue. Oh, it's oh, blue and yeah. red. Good. Uh, yeah, so it, it makes sense there. And also the, the designer has a chit, which I think is hilarious. What? Yeah, so the, the designer is from Sweden, but <laughs> his, there's two French headquarters units, and he's on one of them. It's really funny.
0: So how much is the game?
2: Uh, I think it's fifty. I paid forty at Consum World for it.
0: And and uh, how many counter? Like is it large, like laid out? How it's a,
2: it's a single map. Um, there, it's just a. Ooh.
1: I'm looking up now.
2: Yeah, it might be. It might be more than one counter sheet. I I want to say it's just one. Um, and, and who who makes the game? It's Legion War Games. Okay. So they did um, Kim Kanger's all. Ult- other game that's out right now is um, Viva I meant to look it up it
1: it's uh the Algerian revolution game well it looks like a paper map yep. one one counter sheet yep. and like ten thousand player aids
2: uh, yeah there's there's a couple uh, but they're a all A couple
1: um, let me see Jason I'm counting one two I I three them. four <laughs> five six seven. No. Plus some errata sheet. Uh, I'm counting seven counters. The, I'm counting no. seven player aids. So
2: plus a rule book. Four of the player aids that are listed there are actually the scenario sheets. Wow. So there's there's two player aids and then a battle battle board. Which seven, seven. probably isn't necessary, but it was it's a nice little addition. Um The one thing that kind of stands out with Legion War Games is they have these trademarked quote-unquote easy punch counters. And they what? literally, if you shake the counter, the counter sheet, they
1: just fall out. Which is pretty cool. Um, but you I don't know. like that. Why? Because if I'm taking them out front to spray them on the front porch on my Uno box, you,
0: well,
1: they're going to fall out everywhere. And there's some picture of some jackass on Board Game Geek reading the rules in a chair under some trees. That's not you, is it? That is not me. No, I'm I'm That's not from... me. I'm sorry, yeah. something from Terminator. don't worry about
2: it. So with the, uh, the, the combat results table, is it's the typical 2-to-1, 1-to-1, 1-to... I said that backwards, right? 1-to-2, 1-to-1, 2-to-1, 3-to-1, that kind of thing. You end up a lot, I noticed, with like a... Like a... 7 to 15 kind of situations. I I think the combat results could use, like, the 3 to 2 and 2 to 3 columns Okay. to kind of vary that up. But it definitely puts the impetus on the attacker to to get their stack all the way up. Uh, Yeah, like 21 to 12. So you're not quite at 2 to 1. So you have this huge stack of units... Coming in against a relatively weak stack comparatively, but you're not quite enough to get it two to one.
1: Did you your dog?
2: <laughs> no. Um, so I played it. I played it strictly solitaire. I definitely want to get it played face to face or even something on Vassal, but solitaire. Is there a is, Vassal module for it? There is. Um, I think solitaire. I would give it. I think they listed as at a, at a five to ten. Solitaire suitability—that's that's probably right. I might give it a six because it's interesting enough playing out the situation in in each of these in these battles. I don't know that the the uh, campaign playing the whole war out all, all four years would be enough to keep me interested. Solitaire, but but definitely the scenarios work for me. Um. So wait, I, I go wait. ahead. How many scenarios?
0: No complexity rating. How many beers?
2: How many beers? Oh, oh, it's uh, it's probably like nine or ten.
1: Wow! Say the counters look like it's about fifteen. Yeah, it's no, it's. No, Marshall,
0: when you drink fifteen, the counters look good. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I, I actually really like the counters, um, but it's it's pretty simple. I mean, the the counters are, um, it's morale, uh, stacking value, the weight movement and combat so it's it's pretty typical stuff there's a few things that are a little bit different uh that kind of tripped me up a little bit on my first play but you know about halfway into the learning scenario i kind of got the feel for it and was able to get up and and moving pretty pretty quickly
0: yeah the counters kind of remind me of like the lock and load guys
1: yeah kind of, oh,
0: oh, 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 oh oh oh, i mean don't you think that it looks it's like a guy on a counter
1: yeah,
2: and some of the French units are a little kind of
0: yeah, eighth grade st- art,
2: stiff-looking old man, but the the game itself is really cool and the you know it's a obscure historical topic that I'm yeah. really interested in. So it's it's definitely a recommend for me.
0: That's cool. All right. So we're talking 9 beers and what's your overall fun rating? One to 10. Th-
2: ooh um it's not necessarily a fun game uh like conflict of heroes is you know you can just kind of shoot the shit and and play it this you kind of immerse yourself a little bit more okay and that's that's probably more important to me is the immersion factor so fun 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 it's probably a six out of ten but immersion it's seven and a half
1: okay so, so you've basically told us about two games tonight, and basically you said neither one of them are games.
2: Oh th- no, this is definitely a game. Th- this is this is a historical simulation. As a matter of fact, in each of the scenarios, it gives victory conditions like you know major defeat, minor defeat, draw, major victory, minor vi- or uh, minor victory, and it tells you within that range what the historical result was. So, in, in scenario one that I played, the cow Bong scenario, the historical result was 56 victory points. I ended at like 54. So, it, I mean, it, it's right there. You, you can't get
1: much closer than that.
2: So, so it's what, definitely a historical simulation.
1: What other games have Legion Games made that we may be familiar with? Uh, they did the reprint
2: of B29. I didn't get Queen that. of the Skies. They're reprinting uh B seventeen. Um they did look it up. It's the the Algerian War. it's it was really popular. I can't remember the name of it off. I can't pronounce it as part of the problem. It's in French. Alright. Um,
1: I'm, I'm
0: putting him on the spot, Dave. <laughs> Good. Good. That's like when you got mad at me because I asked you what the scale for Red Winter was. <laughs> How the fuck would
2: I know? <laughs> <sighs> so the the Algerian game is Ici est la France. The Algerian War of
0: Independence. Oh yeah, I think we all have that game. Yeah, yeah you know the one. Start getting the French hate mail because they aren't going to like how that was pronounced. I think
2: that was pretty close. <laughs> Ici est la France. Uh, what else have they done? Legion did... Uh, yeah, B29. Adobe Walls just came out. Kind of got got some love. Pretty obscure. I mean, that's why I know them. But Tonkin's definitely definitely pretty cool.
0: All right. Hey Marshall, I saw you had a War of the Suns that you were, you had on the uh, the advance after combat the unboxing. Yes. I gotta say, I think your unboxing paled in comparison to Panzer Digest's uh, presentation.
1: Oh, I know, I know. You could see her nipples through her T-shirt. So, wait, wait, back up. What?
2: <laughs> Say that again? No, oh,
1: I just got a nasty look from somebody putting on their makeup and getting ready to go to work. I didn't mean that in a bad way. I meant that in a nasty way.
0: Yeah, I think they raised the bar for uh, unboxings there. What was this? I realized the window's open, I'm sorry. I missed the whole thing. Did did you have you seen do you know what Panzer <laughs> Digest is?
2: Yeah, the Minden Games little magazine thing?
0: Yeah. Do you do you watch 'em on Facebook? Oh no. Oh, you've missed their main marketing campaign. That's that's correct. Involving the, uh, I believe that's the wife?
2: Yes. Katie. I, I talked to that guy at Consum World. Mm-hmm. Smitty? I don't know. Some Canadian guy.
1: No, no, no. Smitty's American. He's
0: in the service. Is it a magazine? Panzer Digest magazine? Yeah. But man, I think you have a pretty good marketing campaign. <laughs> I think you have a great marketing campaign. How far can we go with this? I'm going to ask. Go can all I the start? way. Well, I'm just wondering, like... uh I'm thinking there needs to be an unboxing. When I looked at it, I thought too too much, too much wrapping paper there. Well, I, I think they need to go a little further. I think they need to push the edge. I think they're being way too conservative with their marketing.
1: Well, I'll.
0: <laughs> you may
1: want to cut that out of there. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, you better <laughs> Oh, I see. There... Talk- I see what you're talking about. They're great for, oh, now you see, oh, you do have a secret Facebook page, hipster.
0: No, you can just get to it. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a genius marketing
1: campaign.
0: Oh, that's hilarious. Well,
1: I've I've always enjoyed their pictures of game unboxings.
0: I know I'm loud. What about mine? Not, not, not as good. Jackass? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, Jason, if you're going to compete on that level... Yeah, I might have to,
2: have to show some I did start wearing shorts recently.
1: Maybe that'll help. Yeah, your old lady like, you might have put the dog down and hold the game. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. And you're right. I saw that today. I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to buy that game. I already got
0: it. So that's, a, that's a, a tip out, Panzer Digest. Go check them out. They've got a lot of games they're offering. And uh, nobody could possibly get offended because if you're going to put it out there, it's out there. Do it up. That's right.
1: Well, I did say that. I... So can we take that, both of those out? That's too funny. I mean, I'm looking at the picture now. <laughs> I'm not like, saving the picture. Yeah. That's oh, hilarious. my God. Wow. All
0: right. Back yeah.
2: on. Back on subject.
1: I, 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 I,
0: all right, so that's that I just want to point out that I thought uh Marshall's uh, War of the Suns unboxing had been trumped a little bit by yeah. his his trumped pictures. A little weren't. bit. It's been trumped by double and
1: then some. <laughs> Double's right. <laughs> Might have to go to Japan. If you look at the picture, you can actually see her areola and nipples. Sure. I'm not even I don't she could have she could have a copy of fucking Rattlesnake and I wouldn't even know what the <laughs> fuck is. Don't bad talk Rattlesnake. I'm not bad talk Rattlesnake. We need to put that on, Vassal. I'm telling you right now, damn. about that hey, Did somebody share that on Starkweather's page? <laughs> <laughs> maybe you have to talk about, it. Maybe I'm drunk enough to do that. Y'all talk amongst yourself. I share that on Starkweather's page.
0: All right. Uh, I got some other stuff I want to talk about too real quick. Uh, I, I've been doing uh, a lot more board gaming since I was miniature wargaming, gaming, but I promised my dad I would do some stupid uh, Guilford courthouse project in miniature. What for is, a, What is that? One of his, one of, it's a Revolutionary War battle. Okay. And uh, I promised him I would do it, so I chose six millimeters so I could mail the figures out to him. And I just sat down. I ordered all the miniatures from England. I have hundreds of these little guys. I mean, I'm talking they're it's the size of a pencil eraser. I gotta wear an optivizer to paint them. jeez, I'm sorting through them. I realized halfway through the guy sent me half the guys are wrong. they're in tricorn. they should be in some kind of cut hat because in the Southern campaign, the British fucking cut their hats and they didn't wear tricorns. So I was just looking at all this stuff, I'm like, this is why I don't want a miniature war game anymore. I, I, yeah, in the time it took me to sort out all these guys, I could have already popped the lid off of a board game and be playing. You know, I'm talking doing the research on what uniforms they wore, getting all the stuff sorted out, organized, painting, basing it all, uh, putting the flags on them. I mean, it's just. That's it, brilliant. It, it, and my buddy was like, well, that's what's fun about it. You know, that's what I'm like, no, I don't enjoy that anymore. I'm, I'm kind of out of it. You know, he's like, no, it's about planning the project. I'm like, no, I've kind of lost, I think that some of that fire for doing those It's, it's great to get a board game, pop it open pop out the counters, and you're pretty much ready to start messing around with this stuff.
2: It is cool that you know that stuff, though, and I'm sure some of that is just your interest in history, but I I mean, I didn't even obviously know what the battle was, let alone the uniform that the British were, and I I don't know that I care,
0: but... Right, because if you're going to play the battle as a board gamer, big deal, it's a counter. Yeah. But when you're painting 40 of these little guys, I mean, the regiments are going to be 40 figures, the size of a pencil eraser.
2: So you told your dad you would do it, and then you had to buy all the crap for him.
0: Yeah, here's the deal: is basically, I'm going out to visit my relatives in Missouri. Uh, my dad dresses up as George Washington every year for our hometown in Missouri. He does his big presentation. I'm going to dress up as Bannister Tarleton. Take pictures. No, Who's that no way. And uh,
1: Tarleton is head the Tarleton. British
0: Legion. He's like the bastard. He was uh, he killed all sorts of Americans. Like Tarleton's quarter was offering no quarter uh, in the Revolution. We do presentations for the kids, so I thought it'd be cool to set up like a, a tabletop battle that so everyone could kind of see a Revolutionary War battle. Well, that was stupid because now I have to paint all the stuff. Now you have to do it. I have to do it. I don't even want to do it, but I have to do it. So. In between fucking your cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Missouri. Missouri yeah. is the West Virginia of the Midwest. <laughs> it is. Though so that's probably a true. Missourians would say it's Arkansas.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Although that's the South. That's still the South.
0: Basically, Missourians look down in Arkansas. Iowans look down in Missouri. I mean, it all goes further south. Missouri? Yeah, Missouri. 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 Okay, hey, I want to do my GTS tips. Do you guys yep. mind if I do GTS tips? I don't
1: know. I was pretty involved with you dressing up like uh, the guy from
0: Sweeney Todd. I <laughs> thought that was great. I don't even know. Who the hell is that? I don't even know what that is. Sweet Am I going to have to Google that? Dude, Bannister Tarleton, look him up. He's got a cool uniform. He's a dragoon. I wanted to see if I could go downtown in my hometown in Missouri and order a beer at a bar dressed as Bannister Tarleton. Well, I'm sure you could. Yeah,
2: like,
0: look at this jackass.
2: So let's hear about your
0: GTS tips. All right, so GTS tips, real quick. Big fan of the Grand Tactical series. Uh, I've I played quite a bit of it. Wanted to just give a couple tips to people who were interested in playing. Save some If you don't play CPs. Marshall, because you lose. If you've played a bunch... Uh, it, actually, if you're playing somebody who hasn't played a lot, it's always good to let them win the first time, because then uh, they'll come yeah. back and play again. That's, that's so, every that, game, though. That's my first tip. <laughs> <laughs> the second tip is don't play the Italians. Okay,
2: That's every game.
0: I, I got something to say about that. Okay, well, save it till after my tips. Can okay. you write yourself a little note? Write,
1: write it down, don't forget. All right. um, oh, okay, I'll write it down.
0: So one of the things that comes up when in GTS is oh. anti-tactical Theories, uh, Regal's Dare, Devil's Cauldron, No Question of Surrender. Um, when you get a suppression as one of your results, you can roll it off as a cohesion hit if you want to. And it seems like you would always want to roll it off as a cohesion hit, but I just want to talk about really quickly some situations where you might not want to do it. Obviously, if you're suppressed and the enemy is near you, that's bad because they could assault you and you can't op-fire and you're going to be in bad shape when the assault happens. But if the enemy around you uh, has already kind of activated and you know you have a division chit coming up, you might want to think about the fact that if you take a cohesion hit, you can't roll that off while you're in a fire zone, but a suppression can be rolled off in a fire zone. Yep. So if you know you have your division chit coming up, you can just keep the suppression, and instead of maybe spending a CP to make sure you turn into cohesion hit, instead spend that CP... To make sure that you automatically rally from suppression on your division ship. So before you decide suppression or cohesion hit, you have to think like if you have another unit in the same hex with the unit, you might want to let the, the unit that took the hit just get suppressed. So I you know, <laughs> can do op fire for them. The other thing is assaulting charge versus assault fire. Uh, guys are always like, well, assault fire in most cases is the way you want to go on an assault. Because the problem is if you charge and the charge doesn't work, the assault's over. So you usually only want to charge at the end. But if your enemy is low TQ, has a really low quality, and it's out of command, that's probably time you want to charge. Otherwise, charging's a bad decision because it's easier for him to shoot you while you're charging, and he can just spend a CP and automatically pass his morale check and then just fuck you up in the, the assault. So Those are my GTS tips. Okay,
1: I I got. Those are good tips. I took notes.
2: Do you have your headphones back in?
1: Yeah, and I took notes. Hey,
2: whose dog was
0: that? My dog. That was Rex? Sexy Rex, eh? Sounded like Rex didn't like (laughs) Tonkin. Shut up. And I
1: didn't either look at the counters. It looks like Mark H. Walker drew him with his fucking sunglasses on.
0: Yeah, Rex is barking, and Marshall's like, what's that, Rex? in the well? <laughs> hey, hey, we don't say my wife's name. Oh, sorry. She's a, she's a professional. <laughs> right. It's just all over your Facebook, but whatever.
1: Whatever. It's her birthday. I gave her some slack. Hey,
0: listen. Happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday. Here's what I got to say about this. What? No question of surrender. Okay. It's It's kind of linear. There's only basically four ways in. To the fort that the French are holding, right? It's a conundrum because if, as the Germans, you split your units, do you have enough uh, command points to cover a war on two or multiple fronts? I agree. I know that's pretty good on a CVS receipt, wasn't it? I don't think I don't think you
0: can do it. I think you got to go one avenue of approach. And I think you can do two. Because if you split, how are you going to split them? Are you going to split the the different commands? Are you going to have the infantry attack one spot and the armor attack the other spot?
1: That's not a good idea. I think your only realistic option is to come from the southeast and the
0: midwest. On the other side? Yeah. Come from Missouri? You've got that many more
1: AT guns that can shoot at you. But you don't know, you know. the AT gun set up first, right? And The French right. set up first. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just saying, it depends on, and it depends on your placement. You know, if I'd have placed my AT guns differently, I'd have been in a world of hurt. You know, well, I got big, lucky. I got lucky in my placement of the AT guns.
0: And the, the big thing that screwed me in our game was uh, I rolled really badly for CPs. Oh, the fucking dice is falling. No, no, just, no let me just say, if you, don't, if you don't roll well for CPs, especially as the Italians, because they have low total quality, it's hard to push them into fire zones or get them to pass uh, TQ checks, because you can pass them automatically, but without CPs, I mean, it's very difficult to, to get the Italians into the fort. I mean, I lost by three victory points, so if I had three more units in, it would have been a win, but whatever. You almost won, Dave. <laughs> so what other
2: games are planned in the series? There's the British Beach Landings Tinian? There's Tinian there's Stalingrad
0: Oh god, I hope. I wish they would push Stalingrad up.
2: And then is anything...
0: I mean, I guess that's enough oh, to keep them busy for three years. Can I, how about Hurricane Forest? The battles in the Hurricane Forest? That'd be nice. The Bloody Bucket? Get the Bloody Bucket Pennsylvania troops involved? I mean, there's there's some great ones. Uh, I'm worried that I think the British beaches was kind of a weird angle. So, what about a
1: reprint of the Devil's Cauldron? That'd be fucking nice. No way. I don't
0: think so because that'll low, lower the value of those of us who have copies. Oh, of it, so, yeah. Yeah,
2: why I do you get so angry every time someone talks about that?
1: Is
0: that the one I
1: missed? say Say you I, I oh, back oh, to my friends from earlier. All right, oh my god. See I got Case Blue. Do you guys got Case Blue?
2: I got Case Blue. I don't. I don't have any any uh, valuable war games, except maybe Vietnam, and that's open and played.
0: Oh and nice. they'll, they'll play yeah, some guy. Some guy already fucked up those components. Yeah. Uh, hey, so I got some other games I wanted to review real quick. I got Nothing Game but Glory. It, basically, real quick, if you like the Musket and Pike series, it's uh, a great set. It's got a. Uh, it's basically covering the uh, battles between the Danes and the Swedish in the late 1600s, which uh, most of us probably know, have no idea that those battles ever happened. But uh, there's the winter battles, there's a bunch of sieges you can fight out, so it's pretty cool. I, I like that one. The best part is 1999 from NWS Online. Ah, <laughs> oh, did they pay you and didn't pay Jason and I? You keep bringing them On up. On sale, eight battles. Eight battles, if you like the Musket and Pike series, nineteen ninety nine. But wait, there's more. Oh, oh yeah, wait, there's more. more. Chariots of Fire, twenty nine ninety nine NWS Online. I don't I don't work for NWS Online, so.
1: And they don't sponsor us that I know of.
0: Chariots of Fire is a GMT game. It's uh, great battles of history. It's about the chariots, obviously. Who's it?
1: Who's still got a landline?
0: I think it's yours. It's probably a solar power, right? They're calling me about solar power? Again? All the time. All the time. Constant. So uh, Chariots of Fire is, uh, uh, like I said, a great battles is a history game. It's got nine battles, including Troy, which is kind of a cool battle to fight. You can have Achilles and Aeneas and uh, Paris and all these other characters. Uh, it's covering the biblical period, so you're looking at Egyptians, Hittites, Canaanites, Assyrians, all those famous people, all those famous... Uh, The game uh, is very detailed. Great Battles of History. The cool thing is it uses chit pull instead of uh, the normal Great Battles of History stuff where you're worried about line commands and independent commands. Um, So that speeds it up a bit. The uh, downside is, you know, uh, the chariot warfare is very different from other ancient warfare that we're used to. So chariots uh can ride through each other and do like drive by shootings at each other with javelins. <laughs> uh, they can uh they can withdraw. So if one guy moves forward he's slower, they withdraw and shoot at him.
2: You know what area of the world this is in. Careful. Careful with that drive by talk.
0: All right. I do do they I think they do walk up bombings, isn't that the way that works? <laughs> so so generally uh you know the, the tactics are unusual. If you're used to uh normal ancient warfare the, the chariot tactics, I think, are, are take a little bit of adjusting as far as how, they, how the chariots move and how they operate, because they're not really necessarily built as melee weapons, so there is an adjustment when you're getting used to how the battles fight out. The infantry suck. Uh, they basically walk and get circled around by the chariots and shot to shit. Um, there, there is a, 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 a development in this period called runner infantry that can run with the Egyptian infantry, are Egyptian chariots, which, by the way, is like the worst job I think you could ever have in the military, where they're basically like, yeah, you get to run <laughs> outside chariots. You're like, oh, well, I must get some good weapon. Now you get yeah. this pointy stick. Oh, well, I see the guy in the chariot's got like a really awesome bow, and he's got all this armor. Now you get like this dirty white tunic, and just keep running, just yeah. run outside of him. And so, but the runner infantry are like, I guess, a tactical development for the Egyptians, which enables them to keep the other chariots from riding through them. The runners can run out there. I don't know if they throw themselves under the chair. I don't know how they stop them, but it gives you a chance to stop them. So there's some cool uh, chariot tactics that are involved. You can do uh, withdrawals. You can do pass-throughs. Uh, but I would say, in the end, for me, I'm, I don't know if I'm that into chariot warfare. What do you think, Jason? We played it. Did you find the game fun? I, en-
2: I enjoyed it. It was, it was, it was fun um but i don't i don't have any frame of reference for ancient games
0: if you and, like chariots and you're into chariot warfare this is probably a great game for you uh for me i'm more into melee and there's a lot of shooting basically yeah
2: i think that, i think that would have been more interesting i think that's what i was expecting and kind of bringing lines up together and
0: and yeah, guys, clashing guys, up against or hammer other. or other games where chariots are melee Weapons Well, the truth is, I guess they weren't. I mean, Mm -hmm. basically there were missile platforms that would ride around and they would just shoot a lot of arrows at people. So the way the game works is you have a total quality of, like, say six, and each time a guy shoots at you, you take a cohesion hit, and once your cohesion hits, get up to six, you route. So then you either flee off the table or you run to the standard of your army, which is usually where your general is. So in the end, you'll have all these routed guys clustered around the general, like begging to be rallied. And so it was... I mean, I think, it, like I said, if you're into Cherry Warfare, definitely buy it.
2: What other GBOH games have you played?
0: Uh, I have... uh I have? I have SPQR. Is that good? Up. I have the non-deluxe version. I don't know. This is actually... <laughs> first, this is the first GBOH game I bought. Okay. So... And, there, and, and like... Anything, like same with Saints in Armor and nothing gained but glory. A uh, lot of reaction. And the other thing that pissed me off, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to start like another problem, but if, guys, if you have a problem with the rules or a question about the rules, you should be able to post on BGG and have somebody answer your rule question. <laughs> if, if a rule designer can't be troubled to be on BGG or monitor BGG, I think that's bullshit because you're going to make and are
1: you are you speaking of uh, Micronella?
0: <laughs> the this, this guy, this guy might be a perfectly nice. These might be perfectly nice guys, but you can post a rule question on, on BGG, and you'll hear crickets.
2: Yeah.
0: And then I got to get on constant World and hit like pre or oh, is it previous or is it next or what am I hitting? Oldest, newest, and then I'm trying to cut and paste because half the questions being asked aren't in the errata. It's annoying. So. Uh, so, basically, it's like, I, I, that just annoys the shit out of me. When, uh, when I learn a rule set, I like to go on BGG. I hit the rules marker. I can go through all the previous rules questions that people have asked. And, and to find out that I have to go on the Consum World to search through all those threads to try to figure out an answer to my question, uh, it, it's, I don't like it. So, I'm not a big Consum World fan. Love their expo. Love Consim World expo. Don't love the the format. So, and of course, if you say that, every old grog is going to come out, start screaming about it. Man, why why you gotta make fun of retards? I didn't <laughs> say that word. Sarah Palin says you're not allowed to say that word. <laughs>
1: you said grog a Different <laughs> word. And that, that's I'm going to
0: copyright that word too. By the way, I would. That's pretty awesome. So, uh, so that's that's chariots of fire. The last thing I want to talk about is East Front too. Ooh, yeah, I want to hear all about this. Yeah,
2: I started reading the rules today.
0: This is a game that I'm trying to... buy Jason? I'm trying to rules. Jason with. Oh, like, it's on. I've got my ice cream truck, and I'm playing Pop Goes the Weasel, and I'm luring him over to the east front <laughs> with a popsicle.
2: you got the rocket pops. It's all good. Oh, oh,
0: red, white, and blue, baby. <sighs> east Front 2, if you don't own this game, I bought it a while back. It's an oldie, but a goodie. I mean, oldie, it's like 2005, 2006. Uh, elegant, awesome game for running the Eastern Front. It's a block game by Columbia. I'm not a big fan of all their block games, but this one is... Easy, awesome. easy. The, uh, Thank you. Basically, you, what you do is you have blocks, so you have like armored units, infantry units, everything you would expect, and uh, the, the way the operations work is you have headquarters, so as uh, headquarters flip... That expends some of your resources for operations. So headquarters might start at a three. That allows all that the units within three hexes to move. It can then move. Then you have a choice to move that headquarters or provide combat support and an airstrike for all for all the battles within three hexes. Is air is air combat abstracted outers or blocks for airstrikes? Your headquarters provides it for you, and the way it works is. Say uh, you're a headquarters three, you get to roll three dice for airstrikes And in the be- like say in the first uh, season, like right in the beginning of Barbarossa, you're triple fire, which means you're hitting on four, fives, and sixes. And as the war goes on, that reduces and Soviet air power becomes better. But the cool thing is uh, so you basically use that, you can move all the guys within three. You can even move other headquarters, but then that headquarters gets reduced to a two and if but you can do a blitz where you can do it then a second time in that turn and then reduce up to one but move all the guys within two of where you're at so it kind of reflects like uh you can build those headquarters back up but the the germans only get 54 production points per turn and each level of headquarters costs 10 points so they're paying fuel and ammo and everything to get these offensives going so the germans can surge through the soviets initially but they start to run out of resources and the headquarters start to fall behind the main lines and units are running their fuel and running out of uh, ammo. So it's it's, the, the combat system is very simple. Uh, Basically if a unit comes into your hex, uh, say an infantry unit against infantry unit for every strength point you have on your hex, you're going to roll a die. And if you're infantry, you hit on sixes armor hits on fives and sixes. So you basically just roll a bunch of dice and see what the result is and then you lose steps based on the results. So it's pretty standard that way. But elegant gameplay, uh, but the game itself is very complex in the way it all plays out. Like they they, uh, they do a, in 1941, you have the winter. They basically increase the amount, the, the cost of the steps for the German headquarters to reflect the fact that the Germans weren't ready for the winter in 1941. So it makes it, it slows the Germans down during that winter. Um, so there's a lot of really great things about it. It's block games, so it's there's Fog of War. I just think it's great. They've got West Front 2, which is also the Western Front, invasions, more naval, and then you've got Euro Front 2, which can basically start the war in 1936 or start the action then, and it provides blocks for all the neutral powers. And the thing I really like about East Front 2 is, um, you know, the Soviets might think they win the game by just having a solid line, and the Germans—they stop the Germans. But the reality is, the Soviets have to attack the Germans during the winter seasons to weaken. Otherwise, the Germans will be too strong when the game starts to come to the end. So I thought it was good that the game kind of forces the Soviets to be kind of historically aggressive during the campaign. But, but that's my thing. I'm gonna get. I'm trying to get Jason hooked on East Front too.
2: Yeah, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm on
0: board. And Dave, and also, have you, Marshall
1: heavy. he's gonna buy the series. <laughs> I think he yes. has it. No, I don't have that, actually yet. Um, Dave, have you played the Russian campaign? No. Well, what what do you think of the Russian campaign? I think it's fucking genius. Can the can the Germans win? Yeah, hell yeah the Germans can win in that game. And that's Hex Encounter? Yeah, it's Avalon Hill Hex Encounter. It's it's one of the greatest games ever made, Dave. Well Marshall. Yeah, Dave.
0: Uh I, I don't have a museum of war gaming like you do.
1: No, I don't have a Museum of Wargaming. I'm oh, just saying... Oh, yes, you do. No. I'm just... I think that's a genius game, Hex Encounter. I know that you are... You have a slight aversion to older games that don't look as crisp, but yes. that's one that's been reprinted time and time again and is a, a, a treasure, really, basically. Didn't they make a newer version of that? Yes, I have that also, but it's very expensive. Is it, is it? Does it look good? My copy looks good.
0: <laughs> Does it look as good as Panther Digest copy?
1: No, it probably doesn't look as good as that. I just told Katie she looked beautiful in that picture. I didn't tell her I saved the picture. I guess I should. But I put on Facebook that I that she looked she said she doesn't play, she's just the model. And I said, Well you look beautiful. Yes she is. Yeah, because my wife's going to work now, so I can say that. So, but but I was just wondering how it compares and contrasts to uh, well, to I mean, a Russian campaign, but you can't compare and contrast it, so it doesn't matter.
0: Well, well, here here's what I would say. Uh, basically, I can tell you how East Front Two plays, and you can tell me how the Russian campaign plays. I mean, the basically the the, the units fight similarly the difference between german and soviet units in east front 2 is soviet units tend to be smaller so as the biggest a soviet unit can be is 3 while a german block can be up to 4 and the, the biggest difference between them is the soviets cost about half as much to replace casualties so it's much easier for the soviets to take casualties than it is for the Germans and how does how does the russian campaign handle that I have no idea. <laughs> For fuck's sake. What? <laughs> you want why me to lie? Why, why would you even ask me the question then?
1: Because you said combat was simple, and it's a great recreation of the of the Eastern Front. Well, that sounds like the Russian campaign to me.
0: Well, but you, what do they use, like a CRT? Yeah, they use CRT. All right, so then you roll, what, a die, and then you compare the odds, and you... Do you have, and you have like uh, Advance After Combat? Yes, you have that. Everyone has that. Okay.
1: That's the greatest thing ever, Advanced After
0: Combat. Well, at least a thousand listeners agree with you. What? I can't that's believe why, That's why we had to pony up all that extra money for that bandwidth.
1: Right. I, we, <laughs> I had what? To pony up Yeah, my check's in what? the mail. My check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope so. But, but anyway, save us, Jason. Save us. It's your fucking job to save us. So Get that's us awesome. out of here, Marshall. That, what? God, I'm done. Get us out of here. I'm you me? Yeah, cool. you. Alright, I'm getting us out of here. bicycle.
0: Visit us at http <laughs> colon slash slash bardgamegeek.com <laughs> build slash guild slash 1660 or contact us at advance after combat at gmail.com Hey, I tried some of that summer shandy this weekend. <laughs> what would you think? Uh, it was in the grocery store, it's okay for like one or two, like on a hot day, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you have about six of those, and you have to brush yeah, your teeth.
0: Yeah, that's a lot.
2: Not to say I haven't done it, though. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, it, I think they're best at one or two.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I went. Uh, we have a local bar that has it on tap.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'll get like the 32-ouncer and about 24 ounces in. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't need to get the big one.
0: Yeah, I noticed, too, like in the bottle, uh, if, I, if you the first couple sips, it'll start to foam up after a couple of drinks out of the bottle. Yeah. So you have to kind of drink drink the top half of it quickly. That's i
1: I'd off my hair in my pocket. So Marshall's been drinking since two